0: In today's Hunt Harvest Health Podcast, we are extremely fortunate to have on the show a guy I greatly admire and respect. A guy who defines what it is to be a true backcountry, public land, do-it-yourself style hunter. Brian Barney has put a ton of years into hunting deep, wilderness-type places where only the most hardcore dudes ever get. He's got an incredible resume when it comes to hunting down old, mature bucks in many different western states. I've followed Brian over the years through his articles in the Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, and I absolutely love his message on life and hunting. It's always been a message about bettering yourself in every aspect of what you do. Everything from just shooting your bow to just getting into bow range on animals in the high country. Learning and evolving with every trip taken and with every failure, there is something to be gained. Brian's message is inspiring and extremely contagious, and I absolutely love it. So, with that, okay. So, Brian, Brian Barney, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Brian? I'm doing great, man. Man, I, I, uh, I'm so happy to get you on today. I, I love listening to your podcast, and uh, you're a guy I've been following for a long time. And man, I, I'm super stoked to get you on here today.
1: Well, man, right on. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. I'm a fan of your podcast as well, and and you and your wife are are doing good work putting out good information on nutrition for this new age of, of bow hunter or new age of hunter that's out there. So, no, I'm really happy to be on.
0: Yeah, great. Well, hey, I know I know who you are, and I know most guys that are really into hunting know who you are. I mean, you've been doing a ton of writing. Um, you've been working at this for a long time, and. And, uh, maybe you could just kind of let folks know that, that haven't run, run across your stuff or read any of your writing or listen to your podcast, uh, what you are, who you are and what it's all about.
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm just an average guy. I, I moved to Montana after I got done with schooling and I knew I wanted to chase my dream of hunting. I just didn't know how I was going to chase that dream of hunting. And so, you know, I, I work a day job and still work a day job, but my passion has always been for hunting and, and mainly adventure hunting. Um, and so what I would do is I would go on these adventure hunts and then I would write articles and I'd submit them to Eastman's and get published you know, these different adventure hunts that I that I would go on. And and throughout the years, I just kept um, researching and getting information, started working on my fitness, my nutrition, um, always working on my shooting and just always working to be a better hunter. Um, and so I've evolved over the years. Eventually, Eastman's gave me a chance to staff write for them. Um, so I've been writing staff articles for them. I started this podcast, uh, Eastman's Elevated. Now we're in our 20th episode of that. Um, and, and yeah, I'm just, I'm adventure bow hunting all over and always trying to get better at, at the craft and always trying to get better at bow hunting.
0: Yeah. And that, that's why I love listening to you on your podcast. It's, uh, you know, pretty inspiring to hear a guy that, that it's just always, that's kind of your message. And it always has been is always trying to get better. You know, I love that in life and I love that as a hunter hearing guys like you that, uh, that have that mindset that, you know, I hear you talk about your shooting a lot and you're always trying to perfect it and try new things. And, you know, as well as, as, as all your training and, and everything else and just everything, everything you seem to, uh, you go into it and you're trying to learn from it. Um, what, what, what kind of made you that way?
1: Boy, um, you know, boy, what did make me that way? Almost like an obsession, an obsession of trying to get better, Um, just a humbled attitude towards things, and and um, I think there's always room to improve in every facet of your game, and so you know I just try to take a look at it and and in every facet to get better at the sport that I'm in, and I try to improve that facet and try to get better at it and improve at it. Um, you know I don't know what makes me that way, but it's just kind of the way I look at life and the way I look at hunting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, man, I love it. Yeah, it's it's pretty inspiring. I know. Hope, I'm hoping a lot of the younger guys that listen to you kind of take that same approach and they go into, you know, n- not just hunting, but in life, you know, always always looking at things and, and figuring out that you're not the best at it. Just try and, try and get better and there, there's ways to do things different differently and, and get better at it and, and better yourself in all aspects for sure. So, um, well, you, you've done, man, you've done a lot. I mean, you've done a lot of backcountry. I know you mentioned uh, adventure hunts. Now, what do you what What's your definition of an adventure hunt over over just say a, an average hunt? What's your
1: Yeah, yeah. So adventure hunts. Um, I've always been into these adventure hunts, and an adventure hunt to me, you know, it doesn't mean spending a pile of money or going to some different country to hunt. You know, there there's tons of adventures that are out there for the taking for us guys. You know, that are that are on public lands and in the lower forty-eight, and and there's all this wild wilderness in this wild country that we can just go immerse ourselves in and, and an adventure hunt to me, you know, usually it's more than a weekend, usually it's a week-long trip or a 10-day hunt. Um and it's something that I train for year round, that I'm preparing for year round. I plan all my meals. I'm planning, you know, how to live and how I'm gonna survive in the backcountry. And then I'm going to cover country and how I'm going to find these these trophy critters that I'm after and, and so you know I, I think an adventure hunt is just something that you work towards year-round and then you go on and you just immerse yourself in this wild country that the lower 48 has to offer and you go in there and you you hunt absolutely as hard as you possibly can you know trying to find the critters you're after and and that to me when I get done I learn so much you know about myself and what I'm made of and and push myself to my limits and and it's just this this avenue that I found for excitement in my life and passion in my life and and so I call them adventure hunts because um I I truly feel like I go you know on an adventure for seven eight nine ten days you know whatever the duration but but it's an absolute adventure and I come back a changed person when I get back from them.
0: Man. Yeah. Well said. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's something about kind of, I think you and I are similar in our approach. I think, you know, you do a lot of public land hunting, which is really, i mean let's be honest, one of the tougher, toughest things you can do. You know, you're not hunting private ranches. You're not paying big bucks and hunting places where, you know, it could be easier. You're doing it about as hard as it, it can be done. And that's going out there, getting away from people, doing it on public land. And man, you've come away with some just incredible trophies doing that. Um, and I know, you, you know, you. I think you're uh, you're out there in Annis, Montana. Man, what yep. great great place to be, huh?
1: Oh man, what a great place to to live and and uh, be able to raise a family here, and and the views and the whole deal. So no, I'm I'm super fortunate and really lucky to be in Annis.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I I swung down there um, this year. I. I swung through there and, and just kind of looked around and, um, boy, just a, just a phenomenal place. And I envy you, man, you, you've, you've created a life where you can live in one of the best places, uh, on the planet and kind of right in the middle of everything. If you're uh, a real hardcore, well, like you would say, adventure hunter. So definitely, uh, props on that, man.
1: Well yeah, and, and next time you come through, we gotta put together a hunt or a trail run or something. Yeah. Um I know I mentioned to you hunting when we were on the phone, you know, last time you came through or whatever, but but then you uh you came right back and said, Yeah, I'd love to go on a trail run with you and, and so I've got the same respect for you, Ryan, in the in the hunting industry and, and just in life in general. You know, you've done such a good job on on these you go on yourself on these adventure hunts and have the same attitude and, and uh you prepare tirelessly You know, for, for these hunts and for these adventure hunts, you know, with, with your diet, I love your food prep. It's one thing that I, I'm really impressed by and I want to get better at is your food prep in the (laughs) backcountry.
0: Yeah. I've definitely every year that goes by, I get a little more immersed in, uh, in the, in the food prep and just kind of my nutrition overall. And like you, I'm always trying to better my game. You know, I want to, I want to go into the backcountry feeling good going in. I want to be fit, conditioned. Um, I want to know you know, where my levels are and that I'm shooting good and everything's dialed in, but kind of like you, there's always room for improvement. Um, there's new gear coming out. There's new nutritional facts that are coming out and there's ways to make your body, you know, feel better. I mean, let's face it on a, on a week long hunt, you're basically, you're just grinding yourself down up there and, and maybe it's a 10 day hunt even you know, you, you put a, you put everything you've got into that hunt when you're up there. I mean, it's, it's a no holds barred, every ounce of strength you've got, you're trying to make it happen. And sometimes it's rarely easy that it does happen. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to give everything you have. And I'm really curious, uh, talking to you about, you know, you've been doing this for so long. Um, is there anything like your nutrition and your approach to, uh, to keeping your body right in the backcountry, what have you done? I mean, what are you doing now that you weren't doing may, maybe 20 years ago?
1: oh man my nutrition has improved so much um and like you say it's such a important piece of the puzzle and one that i neglect a lot i should talk about more um nutrition you you know is fitness or more and it's how your body reacts how your body feels and if you don't feel right i mean just think of a normal day if you can blue or a cold like how bad you feel and and that makes you really appreciate how it feels to feel good and and you don't really notice it until you're sick with something or until you don't feel right but it's that same thing on a backcountry hunt like you can't push yourself to the limits you won't be successful like if your body doesn't feel right or your body's letting go or, or letting you down like you won't to push to the end result and get it done you can't push yourself to the limits if you don't feel good in the backcountry and so yeah my my backcountry you know i i started out making a ton of mistakes and i still make mistakes and i don't know everything about nutrition but i'm always trying to learn and i'm always trying to get better and part of that is is taking care of my nutrition year round and so you know i come into a hunt prepared and and i think my first backcountry hunt you know, I didn't, I didn't have to eat that much, or I didn't feel like I bring that food. And I think I brought a clip bar for breakfast, a clip bar for lunch, and a mountain house for dinner, and tried to stay in there for 10 days eating such. And my body was eating itself at the end, like I had no energy, my body was letting me down, you know, and, and take it to, you know, today's day and age, you know, where, where I've evolved, and I've, better and i you know now you know i'm bringing enough calories in and i'm bringing enough nutrition in um to to be able to operate and and function at a high level but it it is a huge piece of my puzzle and i i think a lot of it you know a lot of it's a learn as you go but there's so much information out there like with your guys's podcast and, and all the writings and and everything we were told growing up with uh it's not the periodic table that's candy but the the table of of nutrition that they used to have or the pyramid of nutrition with with all the grains down low right remember that yep,
0: i remember that way back yep yeah
1: and it was all wrong. You know, they were telling us all bad information on, on that, you know, and they were telling us that saturated fats were bad and fats were bad, which, you know, saturated fats are bad if they attach themselves to sugar. But throughout the years, I've just eaten all my diet and I try to cut out, you know, and, and everybody's diet's different. You know, our genetic make is different. Our size is different our calorie needs, our exertion, you know, it's got to be tailored to you. But that doesn't mean that you can't learn from everybody out there and pick up tips here and there. And, and I would say, you know, the biggest piece of the puzzle for me or the piece that, that I'm most impressed by and, and, and really into right now is getting my body to a ketonic state. Um, do you do much with uh, ketonic state?
0: I don't I don't i and I know a lot of people that that are on that and they're loving it, they're absolutely loving it, their bodies are feeling a lot better doing it, but no i haven't I haven't gone there, maybe you could kind of explain uh how that's going for and what you're doing,
1: yeah, so I'm not the most disciplined one at it uh by any means i mean i I burn a lot of calories and and I trail around a bunch, and so you know burning all these calories if if I don't. You know, I've got to eat quite a bit or I'll start losing my muscle. And it's like keeping this balance that you want to have some fat on you. And, and I'm not talking 20% fat. But for me, you know, I don't want to get too skinny or I'll start looking like one of those Ethiopians and I'll wear down my muscle and then I won't be able to climb the mountains. And so, like I say, everybody's needs is different. But um, I found this ketosis or this um, chronic state that has really helped me out in my back. And and what it is, is so... Carbs and sugar only last you for energy for two hours. It doesn't last any longer. So that's why weighters and and uh, professional athletes are saying eat every two hours. Well, eat two hours doesn't work on the construction site when I'm when I'm setting or Eating every two hours doesn't work in the mountains when I'm chasing a herd of elk and I and I've got a cat and mouse them all day. So you know, eventually that two hours, that carb burn or that sugar burn runs out. And when that runs out, your body's got to transfer over and then it's got to start burning your fat and it's got to start burning fat for energy. And so, you know, basically your your body burns carbs and sugar for energy. After that two hours runs out or after you don't have any more of the, the carbs to burn, your body's got to switch over. Now, how good your body is at switching over? Op- to a ketonic state is how good you're going to feel when it switches over. And so, you know, I do a lot of uh, fasting and I, you know, everybody told me to eat a big breakfast when I was a kid and eat a breakfast. And I forced myself to eat breakfast. And and throughout the years, uh, you know, I just don't like to eat breakfast in the morning. I can run with a cup of coffee and run till noon. Well, what this fast does is in that morning time for those first four or five hours, it teaches my body how to run off just fast because I have, I have no calories in me. I've got no carbs. I've got no sugar. And so my body's got to transfer over and burn these fats for energy. And so it burns my fat for energy. Well, that teaches my body how to burn those fats for energy um, as well as long trail runs. I never eat before a long trail run I always like a fast run where I'll run before I've eaten anything or, you know, I I haven't eaten in a while and I'll go on this long trail run. And what I'm forcing my body to do is I'm forcing my body to to burn my fats and go into this ketonic state. And and that it it trains my body for that. when I'm in a mountains and when you're in a mountain hunting scenario, you're going to be at a calorie deficit. You can't take in enough calories to fuel yourself through a backcountry hunt. You may be burning five, 6,000 calories a day. And so, you know, you're going to have to get to this ketonic state. And it's just whether or not you trained your body for it or, or haven't trained your body for it. And I find with a lot of my hunting buddies that, that aren't good at making that transfer over, they really hit the wall after a couple. Hours where, you know, I can run all day, every day, you know, with, with no food and I still have good energy because my body is good at transferring over. At least that's, that's my gist of it. Like I say, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an expert on the subject. I just pick up tidbits here and, there and then I really listen to my body. And when trail run, you're pushing yourself to your limits so much and so often, you get to kind of read your body and read how your body reacts to different things. And I just found that, that I cut a lot of sugars out of my diet, I cut a lot of carbs out of my diet, um, and, and then I, I run these fast for mornings and I run these fast for, for my long trail runs. I've really had a huge benefit in the mountains with it.
0: Man, yeah. See that's and that's awesome. You know, and I've heard I've heard that's that's been a huge advantage for a lot of people. Now are you doing how often are you doing uh like a morning fast? Like are you doing that every day? Are you is that pretty much
1: every day. Pretty much
0: every day. Yeah. Wow. So how much lighter are you able to go into the backcountry once you've gotten your body to the point where you're at that state?
1: I, I mean I still try to fool myself with enough calories um to where, you know, I'm not and, and the key is is you don't wanna burn all your fats off to then you start burning muscle off, you know, and you 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 don't wanna you, you your body never forget how to burn sugars and carbs for energy. It it never forgets how. If you give it the energy it's gonna burn it off and, and you're gonna run at a high level and so, you know, I don't really run too light the battery, but I have half of food a day. And I tried in between uh, 2,200 calories to 28 calories a day. And that's kind of the sweet spot that I found where I still get good energy. I can switch over to a ketonic state throughout the day when need be. And, and then I can burn those other sugars and carb for energy. And And I'm still running a deficit where I may be burning five to 6,000 calories a day. But that seems to be, you know, if I'm taking in that many calories, it seems like my body does okay over the duration of a ten-day hunt.
0: Right, right. Yeah, man. Yeah, and that's and that's where it counts, you know. I, I I know, like you, my diet has changed a ton over the years. I used to do it the wrong way. Um, I used to eat, you know, carbs and carbs carbs only for the most part. I used to eat bagels a lot and a little bit of oatmeal in the morning and no protein and and no fats whatsoever unless I got it in a bar or something up there and and I've, I've completely changed what I do. And like you say, everybody's different. Um, I've found that, you know, kind of what I do now is it keeps me going. And you know, when you're, when you're on a 10 day hunt, you gotta have strength on day 10, because most likely you're going to be packing something out or hopefully you will. And you, you gotta have, you gotta have a little bit of muscle. You can't just be a bag of bones at the end of that hunt. And, uh, you know, for me, maybe it's a little bit different. Um, I do, I have really kind of jacked up my fat intake. I, I make my own bars that are just loaded down with peanut, almond butter, um, you know, coconut and all this stuff. And that has worked for me and it's, it's helped me in my energy up there, you know, fat, obviously I get a lot more out of it than just straight carbs. And, um, I've pretty much eliminated all sugars, uh, for the most part when I'm up there and, And then, you know, kind of my main, my main meal of the day is my dinner. Um, and that's where, that's where I'll take in probably, you know, the most calories and something I enjoy at the end of the day. And, and that's just a a really good, you know, dehydrated meal that I've made. And, you know, it's made with all good stuff. It's, it's basically stuff that I've prepared and, and gotten out of my garden or, or, uh, you know, processed myself. And, um, and that is, that has changed my world since I've gone to avoiding, you know, just sugary bars and just a couple of packets of, of sugary oatmeal in the morning and, and, a mountain house, man, I mean, I would, I would make myself, I would make it work at the end of the hunt, but it sucked. You know, it never felt good. I was always coming out way too skinny. And I'd lost a lot of strength and I just wasn't feeling, you know, at my best. Whereas now, completely changed. Um, I think with the help of my wife and, and changing my diet and and doing it that way, um, adding a lot more fat to it, uh, you know, and that and that's something that's only been, you know, the last few years where I've really jacked up my fat intake and it just seems to help me immensely. Um, I can't describe it, but... I don't come out of the mountain sore. Um, I don't get tired, uh, as fatigued up there. I don't, you know, after climbing in the elevations all day long, I'm not just shaking. Uh, I just seem to have a more sustained energy throughout the day. And I, I attribute that to just taking in a lot more fats.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right, and and that's what a ketonic state is. It's burning fats, but the fats are a, a longer burning energy when you're when you're taking those in. But yeah, you you've taught your body to burn those fats and go into a ketonic state just by cutting your your sugar and carbs out. That's all your body knows how to how to burn, and so it burns those fats for energy. But it but it'll also transfer over. You know, when you need extra energy, it'll burn your fat for extra energy. But yeah, how impressive like i'm so impressed by your backcountry diet i love your your dehydrated meals every time i see those uh i think you've got that chili recipe i saw that i really like but yeah it's all your stuff from your garden and then wild game uh i I can't believe how well you do with that and i didn't know you made your own bars but that's super impressive
0: oh yeah yeah i i just ate about three of them here before the podcast actually i I eat them all day. I don't even just eat them in the backcountry. I'll 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 make them up, you know, every other week, and I'll just I'll just chew on them here because they're just like a great source of energy and a quick source. I don't have to make anything, and yeah, I I love it. I don't. I, I didn't used to be this way, but I'm getting kind of anal about my food these days. I don't know what it is, but.
1: Well, as we get older, we have to take better care of ourselves. It's like we're almost forced into paying more attention to our diet, isn't it? It is,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, some guys, some guys. I think a guy like you, you know, you're really in tune with your body. You know, it's like an Olympic athlete. You know, they know exactly how they feel when they eat a certain food or they have so many calories in their diet or when they're not doing this. You know, you're so in tune with your body because um, I know you do a ton of training. Uh, you, you do a lot of running, um, you know, a lot of prepping to just to get ready. Like you said, I think you did a run today. I mean, you're, you're running season, you know, off season, you know, all year round just to be prepared. And so I, you know, I think you've probably got a pretty good idea what your body does well with. And obviously, uh, obviously what you've, you've migrated to here is, is working for you.
1: Yeah, same with you. You got your running today too. You're training year round, but yeah, no, you get to you get to feel how your body reacts to different foods and and lack of food and and what food it, it reacts best to. And yeah, there's this this whole getting in tune with your body, and especially like on those long training sessions, that's where you're really testing it, where you can really feel. You know, you, you can really rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. How do I feel right now? What did I eat before this? What did I eat after? How did I recover? How sore am I? How sore am I tomorrow? You know, it's it's like this whole in tune with your body. But yeah, you're so right. And you're doing the same thing, which is super impressive. But I think as we get older, not that we're old, we're still young guys, but yeah. you you know, you do, you have to evolve your diet to where you feel better throughout the day and you feel better after you eat and you have better energy at at work and, and through all facets of life.
0: Yeah. And you know, what, there's no better time than the off season right now, for example, to, uh, to just kind of experiment and figure out what's, what's going to give you, what's going to put you in that place where you, you can get the most out of your body. Uh, I know, you know, this is time for training and and, and why not take this time to, to figure out what works for you and what doesn't, because unfortunately, I think a lot of guys will go into a hunting season and uh, they'll eat a certain way right up to it. And then once they go in there, they might completely change their diet when they go in stuff that they're just not typically used to eating. Um, they could just be overloading on sugar. I know a lot of guys that'll still go in with just like a, you know, a. A handful of snicker bars and, and just a typical, you know, whatever sugary, high sugary diet. And man, they, those guys tend to bonk so fast and it's, it's just a complete change in what they're taking in. And, um, I think, uh, you know, kind of dragging it out throughout the season and, and making sure that, you know, what's going to work for you and what makes you feel at your best, um, well before the season. So, you know, what to do when you're back there, Cause those 10 day hunts aren't easy, man. I mean, they're, they're brutal and they, it it takes everything to be right. Your diet, um, your fitness, your conditioning, all that. And, uh, yeah, I, I just kind of look at it, you know, year to year that I can do better and and definitely change in the off season and figure out what, what's going to make me feel better. Um, when I really need it, which is, uh, hopefully this August and September
1: yeah, for sure. no, I think the same way that um those 10 day hunts or those long duration hunts, uh, you push yourself to the absolute limits and and you never get up there and say, um well, I wish I would have trained less or I wish I wish I, I, I would have uh, you know not worked on my diet as much. You always get up there and, and no matter how hard you train, you think, I could train harder you know I could I could figure it out better I could figure out better foods I could you know I could do better and and you'll always get done and wish you had prepared more but right now in this off season it is the time to improve I mean during hunting season you go in with the skills you have and and uh, you, you go in as prepared as you've as you showed up but right now in the off season is the time to make improvements it is the time to get better it is the time to improve your diet and in diet it's it's not just those days you're in the high country it is a a year-long improvement that you make on your diet and how you feel so when you do go into the high country you know you're you're hitting on all cylinders ready to give it all you got on one of those hunts
0: oh man yeah exactly and you know when you I think when you train year-round um you know we've talked about these train to hunt events that I've taken on and you know I think that what kind of what that has done for me is you know that forces me to be at a hundred percent Um, you know, I, there's races coming up here in a few months and I can't be slacking right now. I gotta be, I gotta be on my game and, and, you know, it's something just a little bit closer, um, you know, to hunting season. Well, it's, it's closer in that it it starts in May and it's not, I'm not thinking, you know, long-term into August. I gotta be ready in May. And so I gotta be ready now. And, uh, I'm, I'm curious what. What kind of training like what's an average day for you um and what's kind of your your training throughout the year how has it evolved
1: yeah so um like I say everybody's different I am really heavy on on cardio and trail running and I get a lot of my muscle endurance from my trail running just from I run a lot of elevation up and down hills a lot of uneven terrain and so it gets my legs such good workout and I just always figured like it, in the mountains, it, it wasn't the miles that were killing me. It was the elevation, you know, to have a, a 3,000 game day or to have a 5,000 vertical feet day. You know, those are the days that would really get me climbing up those hills. So I I started running trails and, you know, I started out like anybody, uh, you know, you run a, a 5K and a 10K and a half marathon, you know, and then I started stepping up and running marathons and ultra marathons. But I, I didn't like the constant um, pounding on the pavement. Um, you know, my joints have always held up well and I, I hold up good for marathons and and ultra marathons, but I, I just found like I got more out of my training running trails. And so, um, I, I do try to weight train. I get some weight training, um, you know, from my job. I, I carpenter as a day job or own a construction company. And so I'm always on site, you know, and I, I want to keep my build up i i don't I don't want to be weak and frail, like I was telling you before. You want lean muscle in the mountains, but you want that muscle to be conditioned for endurance. you know endurance is the number one thing we can have on a tough hunt on a tough mountain hunt to keep pushing day after day, mile after mile, hill after hill. You want endurance and so um I really focus on endurance and as, as far as fitness level, you know, for me, like I say, I want good muscle and good lean muscle pounds you up those hills and gets you feeling good the next day. But at the same time, I judge fitness on, on your VO2 max, how your body processes oxygen and brings it to your muscles. You know, that's, that's the bar where they test olympics uh, level athletes uh, at what kind of shape you're really in they test your your vo2 max and they they test your endurance and and so that's the bar that i've always drawn that i always love to push myself and so i'm an endurance athlete but I, I am an endurance athlete. Like I am, you know, showing up to marathon starting line. You know, I've I've got one of the bigger builds on the starting line because I like to keep as much muscle on me as I can for these. But but I really a uh, uh, an average day or an average week for me. Um, you know, in the winter time it slows down. You know, I can do. You know, I did an hour and twenty minutes of a run that I could usually do in forty five minutes. I probably only went six to eight miles. But I did it all through snow and and tough conditions in the wintertime. And so I have to work a lot harder to get my workouts in the wintertime so I don't get nearly the miles. I get maybe 20 to 30 miles a week um, as I ramp into summer. And and I also try to cater my training. I mean I'm into year-round fitness, but I really want to peak when I'm coming into these tough endurance hunts like in that – August, September, and so my fitness, um, my workouts really ramp up as I get into these summer months, and and as I get into these summer months, I'm really trying to peak when I come in September and, and peak by being in great physical shape, but also no injuries, uh, so I, I want to keep my body healthy that way, but yeah, I, I'd say uh, on average, I run five to seven days a week on trails, and some days I only get in three miles, some days I get in 10 or 12, Um, but I just, I run a lot and then I, I mix in weight training with it as well. Like I say, I get weight training for my work, but it just isn't quite enough. I do a lot of body exercises, a lot of pull-ups, push-ups, kettlebell workouts. Um, I do a lot of things like that and I'm probably... I need to do it more and more. I mean, as I'm talking to you right now, Ryan, it's like, man, I, I really need to get this pushed up to more days a week. But I'd say I'm two, three days a week on my weight training, and, and I do pull-ups every single day and a few of those. But but that's the bulk of my workout and fitness is, is my trail running. I just love it.
0: Yeah, man, and you're so lucky. You got, kind of like you alluded to before, it's like... You know, marathons going down a road or going down a straightaway is one thing. That's that's kind of a, a mind game for me. I mean, I have a hard time running roads. But man, where you are in Ennis, um, you've got trails everywhere. <laughs> you've got some of the best some of the best trails and mountains that uh around and man, I'd be hard pressed to uh to divert to a road when I'd have those trails in my backyard for sure.
1: Oh man. And there, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, it's just almost like, I don't, I don't know if spiritual is the right word, but it seems like when you're running in the mountains, I have like this connection with the mountain and the trails and the trees. And it seems like hippie, but I I do, I just feel better when I get in the mountains and I run and I feel like I, you know, I'm paying my dues to being a backcountry hunter and I'm, I'm paying my dues to the, to the wilderness or to the woods. But, but there's just, I come away You know, and it's like a, it's therapy for me as well. I'm able to work through any problems I have in my head, you know, that I, I'm able to kind of sort through, but just getting to the mountains and running those trails just makes me feel better. Yeah.
0: I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And it, it's it's not too hippie, dude, because let me tell you, I get the same thing. It's kind of like when you're on a hunt. everything becomes a little more clear when you're kind of secluded, you're off on your own. And I get that on a solo hunt more than I do when I'm, when I'm with somebody as a partner. Um, and, and, and along the lines of running as well, running down a trail, um, through the woods and, and by yourself. And, you know, the trails are uneven. They're more, uh, you know, similar to what you would be doing in the backcountry as well, or just any kind of hunting scenario. It's uneven. You're always aware. Um, Whereas when, when you're on the road, it, it's just a completely different attitude. It's, it's not the same. It's the same footsteps every time. And I don't know, it, it is a completely different game and I really enjoy, enjoy trail running and, and, uh, definitely prefer that over, uh, just marathons or half marathons.
1: Yeah. So, um, uh, with my training, I'm super interested to hear what, what your training's like, Ryan, what's a typical week for you or a, a typical day for you?
0: Well, yeah. And I, I really enjoy mixing it up. Um, you know, I, like today, for example, I, I, I went out, I ran for a little over an hour, got some miles in, it was a pretty good hill. Um, I always, I just love running up hills and, and, uh, it's usually around here. It's a logging road or an unused road or, or a trail or whatever. And, um, definitely staying off any kind of pavement. And, um, and then let's see, after that, I went on a little bike ride with my daughter <laughs> got as much as I could out of that. And then I hit the gym for about an hour today. So it was one of those days where I kind of got, you know, a few different workouts in, but really I I try to get an hour every day. Um, now some weeks I'll miss a day or two, but I'd really just kind of, kind of try to mix it up. I really enjoy trail running. Um, I don't put on a ton of miles, um, you know, five to 10 miles and that's about it, you know, for me. And then I do enjoy the strength training. I like getting in the gym a little bit and, and I'm fortunate to have a, uh, here at my work in my shop, it's, uh, I got, I kind of built my own little gym, so I don't have to, I don't have to go and hang out with a bunch of meatheads or anything like that. If I don't want to, I can <laughs> do, it, do it in my, uh, do it in my shop in my work. And, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit of everything from battle ropes to, you know, I, I really have incorporated a lot of the train to hunt workouts that, uh, that they've pushed and, and it, it's really helped the conditioning. You know, it's a lot of burpees, it's a lot of step ups and, and sandbags to shoulder and, and this and little sprints and then pulling up and taking shots with my bow where my heart rate is elevated. And and I just kind of want to see where I'm at and what, how long it takes my body to, to settle back down to where I'm comfortable taking a shot. So you know, now every week I'm out there and, and I've got a tire pull. So I'll do the tire pull and and go into a sprint and then pull up and I've got a target and I'll take a shot and I'll see how you know it. It just gives me a really good idea on where my heart rate needs to be when I'm going to be comfortable taking a, a really good shot and executing it right and and not you know, not shanking it and and getting all crazy and you know it shows me you know where I need to be to find true accuracy. So that's kind of what I do. It's nothing crazy. Um, and like you said, in the, in the summer, I really ramp it up. That's when the trails open up around here and and there's a lot more hiking involved. And, and I really want to kind of base my, my conditioning and and whatnot in the summer to what I'm going to be doing in, in the fall. And that's hiking with weight. So I do, you know, I'll throw 50 pounds on and, or 60 pounds and, um, and just hike with weight and hike uphill and hike back downhill. And, And uh, that's kind of one thing that I found works the best for me. And that's just doing what I'm going to be doing in the mountains and, and keeping it real similar.
1: Yeah, for sure. Getting that weight on your back for the first time is a big one too. Yeah, that's, I like to take a lot of scouting trips in the summertime where I do weekend bonsai trips where I pack everything I'll need and it's, it's a hunting scenario. You're traveling around. I, I travel more miles than when I'm hunting because I've only got two or three days. But yeah, getting your back ready for that backpack. So you don't have a sore back when you leave on your hunt. I think that's super important too. And I really like, Ryan, how like all your training in at your home gym, everything you mentioned anyways, is just conditioning training, you know, your your tires and battle ropes and you know, your burpees, your high heart rate, your that's all just great stuff. And that's stuff that that I need to implement more in my game too. And I, I, I am getting into a little bit of it with my weight training because I don't like to just pump weights you know i like to have my heart rate up and so mixing in the the burpees and then i do a lot of ab workout for my core strength i think that's really important but i i really like your your workout routine that sounds like a good one
0: yeah it, it's fun i mean and i and i'll change it up I, if it starts to get stale a little bit i'll just do different things you know i'll i'll do some workouts with my wife and you know she does a lot of core exercises as well and she's always getting these new little uh little workouts in and and it's fun just to kind of mix things up and do that with my daughters. And but like you said, core is is super huge, and that's why I do like the battle ropes and hiking with weight and and this and that. And um, you know, I, I think there's a value when it comes to getting a little bit of uh, of lifting in with weight and doing that. It uh, it just I just seem to feel stronger in my hiking um, when I do you know, and when I lift with weight and and work my legs a lot. I just don't do it a lot. You know, I, I do a lot more of the hiking with weight and, and running and, and biking and, and this and that and conditioning. And I don't think there's any anything better than being well conditioned. You could be strong as an ox. And I've taken guys into the mountains that were just incredibly strong, you know, giant guys. And my gosh, they, they just don't last. They don't have that conditioning and and they bonk super fast. And it's, it's kind of sad in a way. I mean, th- these are guys that think they're in great great shape I mean look at them you know they look like these you know these gods but but their conditioning isn't right so um, you know shoot I'll know I, I've known a guy that he uh, he was uh, an Olympic racer, bike racer, super super fit guy you know in his craft which was which was racing bikes but you take him to the mountain and you throw weight in his back and you and you have him hike up the mountain and it's just a different it's just a different set of muscles. And it doesn't translate, so um, you know that's why I really enjoy doing a lot of the hiking with weight. That's that's kind of what we're going to be doing in the backcountry, and that's that's kind of the best thing to do. If if um, you know if that's what we're doing, why not do it before the season comes and, and be ready for it.
1: Oh, you're so right. Um, Yeah, no, it doesn't translate to be a backcountry hunter. That's what we're good at is the mountains and climbing hills. And, you know, when I get a ton of that out of my trail running, even though I don't run with weight, I can put this – I can, I can put this huge, you know, strain on my body in a short amount of time because I can run 3000 vertical feet and just have my legs on fire because you're running it at such a pace uphill that, you know, you're, you're getting those legs ready for conditioning. But I think that's also important what you said, um, you know, as far as diversifying your training, like if something, if you start getting tired of it, switching it up, but I think it's really good to be switching up your exercises all the time. And I, I know a huge part of, of my fitness is in my, my trail running. And I, I take a, a lot of passion in that um, and, and I enjoy it. But, but like you, I'm also, you know, i all spring bear season i'm uh, i'm out hiking the mountains with my pack and i i'm bike riding constantly and just changing it up and doing diversifying your training to different things the more you can surprise your muscle with different activities the the the, the, the more prepared you are come the mountains when it's time to go for it it seems like to me
0: oh yeah absolutely i mean exercise it's cumulative right i mean it, everything adds up and it's just uh it's just steps, you know, everything from mountain biking to biking to, to this and that and it all adds up for when you need it. So definitely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, and that that weight in that pack is that great one too because it does me no good to have my legs in such great shape, but then throw a forty or fifty pound pack, or you know maybe a hundred if I'm packing something out, and not have my back and my core yeah. ready to pack that weight out and to have a sore back the next day. That doesn't do me any good. Or you know, it just over the years you kind of find your shortcomings or your your downfalls to where it's like, man, I need to work on that more. I need to work on my back more, my core more. Oh, <laughs> Or like you say, in those summertime months is packing with that weight. I think is a great one. Take that weight and, and hike uphill. And I don't do that enough. I, I get a lot on my scouting trips and I get a lot during bear season carrying a pack, but that's something that I'm going to steal from you and use a lot more is taking that, that weight and actually just hiking up and down hills to get my, to get my, my back and my core ready more so than my legs, even though my legs will get a good workout too. Oh yeah. I
0: think, yeah. I mean, I think that's the ultimate leg work out right there. And, you know, depending on how much you want to do, I know there's guys out there that, you know, like Cam Haynes, I mean, they'll, they'll just pack with a ton of weight. Um, you know, I, I keep it at 50 and 60. Um, but another good, another good thing about the train to hunt event is they actually have those weights up there, 80 pounds to hundred pounds. So, you know, we have to, now that's changed this year, but we had to, we had to basically give everything we had and go as hard as you could with 80 pounds, 90 pounds on your back. And boy, once you've done a a race like that, where you're going for time and you're you're competing against other guys, you really realize how important it is (laughs) and how it can help you to train for it. Because I know my first race, man, I mean, I did okay at it. I did pretty good, but I could have done better for sure. And uh, the next day I sure felt it. And I just hadn't trained for that, for that particular event with that much weight. Um, 80, 90 pounds is is different. And usually that is going to be your last trip where you've got that kind of weight on there. But, uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoy running with, you know, 50, 60 pounds and, and keeping it right about there and, and not breaking my body down, but, um, you know, at least once a week go for a good weighted hike.
1: Yeah, well, and it's not hard on your joints. It's good for your body. I think that's a good weight to train with. But you're right. I mean, that that last load where we've got to come out, I mean, a mule deer with my camp or just a mule deer, maybe I got to go back for my camp or who knows how many miles I'm doing. But, but we call on our bodies the most at the end of a hunt when we're successful to pack that buck out or that bull out. And getting your body prepared for it is just the ultimate. And I, I have this saying I use in the in the mountains. Whenever you know I'm, I'm hiking with myself or with buddies or whatever it is, weight is the equalizer. You put weight in your pack, you cannot walk as far, and you will get tired quicker. Weight is the absolute equalizer in the backcountry.
0: Oh man, yeah, yeah, well said for sure. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Now, now I'm I'm curious. Uh, you know. You, when you're when you're on a typical hunt, and this is kind of off course, off topic, but on a typical hunt for you, you you've done it a ton. Um, what is like you say you're going on a, a five day or a ten day hunt? What's your pack way going in like a typical typical uh, trip like that? What are you? Where are you at?
1: Yeah, so I'm a minimalist. I like to go as absolute light as I can because every pound makes a difference with me. And I know if I've got a lighter pack, I can travel more miles, cover more country, move my camp more. And so weight is the absolute equalizer for me. I am a minimalist. So I go super light. So it depends if I've got to bring, you know, how much water is really going to depend on my pack weight and what I'm going to weigh. But if I'm going in for a 10 day hunt, I'll be, you know, and I, I always carry my scope and my tripod because I, for for high country bucks, at least, I've always got to see what they are before I'll go walk two, three miles and make a stock on them. You know, I want to be able to know, you know, how big that buck is and make sure he's my goal buck. And so I carry a scope and a tripod, which is, you know, six, seven pounds of my weight right there. Um, but with my scope and tripod, and then usually what I do is I'll go with just a 32 ounce bo- water bottle, and I'll usually have it planned out where I'm going to fill my water at the last pond or the last lake, or I've got a stream picked out, or I've usually got water picked out. Um, and so I'll run right at about 42 pounds, um, for 10 days, um, sometimes I'll cut my stove out and cookable foods out and go all dry foods usually not for a 10 day but maybe for an 8 day more so for a 5 day I'll cut out my stove and, and dry foods but I can remember a big hunt in Nevada where I ended up 20 some miles away from my truck I showed up at the trailhead and a bunch of guys there and I thought I gotta cut weight I'm gonna have to do more miles than all these guys and then if I cut my stove and cookable foods I can get under 40 to around 39 pounds if I'm Doing a five dayer, I like to be under thirty five, like somewhere around thirty three to thirty five, right in there. But I like to travel light, as light as I can go, because I know I can do more miles with a light pack.
0: Man, yeah, that and that's light, man. That is really light. Um, definitely, definitely a minimalist. Because um, I, I had heard you talk about going stoveless, and that's something that I, I haven't done a whole lot of. Um, I enjoy my my hot coffee and my whatever, but, um, definitely, definitely, uh, something that I picked up from you is, uh, it's an option. I think you do, you probably do a lot of granola and stuff like that to kind of avoid having to take, you know, a stove to heat up water for oatmeal and, and this and that. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. A lot of dry foods. Um, yeah, I use a, a lot of granola. I love the granola with, with, uh, dried berries in it and things of that nature, Uh, and and then just whole foods, you know, salami and cheese and, and pepperoni and, um, you know, all that stuff will keep string cheese keeps for 10 days. Um, I I do bring crackers that I have with that, you know, and I'll get some carbs from that. Um, but, but yeah, I do a lot of those dry foods. And, And like you say, going without a stove, you know, you are giving up some comforts and you are giving up, you know, being a human for, for a stretch of days. And it's only been a couple times on long hunts where I've given it up. But if I've got a three to five day or it's definitely a consideration for me to leave my stove and leave my cooking foods. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, I I was just running through my brain. How, how would that work for me? How could I get away without the stove? And you know, it's funny because this last year I you know, I'm a big. I don't know about you, but I'm a big coffee drinker. I just love for some reason back there. That is just like, it just goes hand in hand with hunting for me. Um,
1: Good. I'm glad I'm not the only one.
0: <laughs> the last year, I started making a, a cold brew, and you know, I would just basically keep my water bottle full at the end of the day, and I'd, I'd throw some coffee in there, some some of the uh, bags, and um, and I just let it basically steep overnight, and then I'd. I'd You know, the whole next day I'd have this water bottle full of cold brew and I just add a little bit of stevia to that so it would get a little flavor to it. And man, that is like, that is like the best caffeinated drink I've come up with on the mountain. It does not have to be heated up. So it might work, Brian no no stove just might work for me next year
1: yeah no doubt yeah for sure no i'm i'm with you on the on the coffee there's just like this psychological gain to having your coffee back in there and i know it dehydrates you more and i know yeah. you know it it, it it's not you don't need it for performance, although the caffeine, you could argue for that in the morning time to wake you up and get you going. But it just affects my mood. And and like we were talking earlier, what you do the whole entire year, why change that up when you're going hunting for 10 days and, and to take yourself 10 days without coffee – well, all of a sudden, you know, you're going to shock your body to where you're not going to feel yourself. And and I just find like this psychological game with having a cup of coffee makes me feel more human in the mountains and makes me feel more human on a tough hunt. And and my mood is affected because of it. And I notice I'll have a cup of coffee and all of a sudden my mind will start racing and everything's positive. You know, how I'm going to find these bucks and locate and what's the next basin I'm going to go to? What's my game plan here? And, And my mind just starts working overdrive, but I get a huge, psychological advantage from drinking coffee and i know guys have told you in the past or i've heard in the past you know no it dehydrates you more and i i a lot lot of times i'm going without water going on low water but but a cup of coffee makes all the difference for me in the mountains. so i'm glad to hear another hardcore hunter that that likes his coffee the same as i do
0: yeah and i've gone through all that as well you know i always want i always wanted to clean it up to where it's just perfect right and like you said it's everybody tells me it's how it'll dehydrate you and this and that, but I just can't get around it. I mean, a lot of, a lot of what we do up there, especially, uh, when we're up there solo, you gotta have, you gotta have your mind, right. Um, there's something to be said about, you know, giving yourself a little bit of a creature comfort that, that keeps you happy and keeps your mind right to where you're, uh, you're looking forward to the day and, and you're not, you know, you're not depressed and you got the migraine from no caffeine and all that. And so, yeah, definitely coffee is, is high on my list for backcountry food for sure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> going, going through withdrawals the, up there is like the, the last thing oh, you okay. need on a hard hunt, right? Definitely, yeah, yeah. I won't,
0: <laughs> I won't deal with that. So now are you adding – do you add any like protein powders? Are you one of those that does that to to like put that into granola or the, any kind of, a you know, oat or, you know, oatmeal or anything like that? Are you into powders at all?
1: I, and you know, I'm not, um, but I don't think it's a bad idea. I get a lot of my proteins from, from nuts and nut mixes that I have up and through there, but it is the one thing that I do lack on my backcountry hunts is enough protein. So I wouldn't be against it. I just, um, you know, my health, I just take this weird approach where I don't use any supplements. I don't take any vitamins. I, I just find that I get all my, my nutrients from my food, and that's a better vehicle to get it through is, is through my food. And so – you know, I never really got into the powders and and powder drinks and extra protein for muscle, and you know, I just I just never got into it. But I did do a couple trips, like with uh, Lane Walter. He went with me. He's really into the the um, hunt to fit or um, stuff, and then and then he's really into his his weight training and his endurance. He keeps himself in really good shape. I ran into him, and then another guy I had on the podcast, Zach Kenner. He's really into his protein powder and uses a bunch of it. And you know, the more I look. Look at it, like, it's not that much weight to bring in right. for you know, how much you gain of protein, you know, through this protein powder. So, you know, as you ask this question and bring it up, I think it is something that I do want to implement more in my diet. And you had a couple great tips just off your question leading in, you know, adding it to granola or adding it to my oatmeal. And I think I could do that easy enough where I'm not going to notice it or notice the taste of it, but get more protein into my system, which is going to help me recover better from, from a tough day of grinding in the mountain. So I think I I would like to use more of it. Do you use some?
0: I do. I do. And I've gone to that, um, you know, for a while now and, and, you know, I'll make an oatmeal in the morning. Um, I kind of make my own, I, I make this stuff I call mountain mush and it's, it's like this, it's own concoction of I'll throw, you know, coconut in there and I'll, it's, you know, I'll put about three quarters to a cup of just uh, straight oats in there and add coconut, add peanut butter powder, uh, I'll add chia seeds and and all kinds of stuff and, you know, um, and I'll add, you know, about a full scoop of protein powder. So, and I'll, and I'll have those throughout the day. I'll have those kind of concoctions throughout the day. And it, it, uh, I just feel better getting that protein in. It just seems like, um, you know, I don't lose my strength. Like I'm keeping that muscle uh, a little bit better when I've, I've upped my game in the protein department. And, and it is so, super easy to do. Um, you know, the backcountry bars that I make, there's are just, they're loaded with good stuff. And I, and I just add protein powder, um, you know, and there is peanut butter in there and, and there's definitely protein, but um, I have, uh, you know, the more years that have gone on, just kind of up my game as far as protein kind of in the mix for what I'm eating back there for sure.
1: Yeah. But. Man, yeah, I'm gonna take that tip from yeah. I'd like to start using some more of that protein powder. I think I could get a lot of benefit from it, um, just mixing it in. And man, I got um, I got a picky brain on some of your recipes for your bars. Those things sound good, uh, whether in the mountains or not in the mountains. It just sound like a great source of fuel. Oh man,
0: yeah. You know, when I since I've had kids, you know, I've I've changed a lot of the foods, and you know, these kids are always wanting a snack, right? Well it's easy to just throw something at them, you know, out of a box or whatever. So I just kind of come up with making my own stuff and, you know, I'll do a lot of, a lot of, uh, jerky and shoot, even my, even my 20 month old daughter, she loves jerky. You know, I don't put a bunch of junk in it and man, she just loves it. And she'll gnaw on that thing for a while. And same thing with the bars. The kids love the bars and and you can really get creative with making your own bars and and again, you can package them up and, you know, vacuum pack them and, and preserve them and, and hold on to them that way. And, um, it's just kind of a fun thing, uh, to do. And, and it's, it just makes it, it just makes it a lot healthier in the long run. You know, it's, it's so easy to just grab something off the shelf and something that's probably not as good for you if you're in a pinch. And so that's kind of why I do make up this stuff ahead of time and, and have food around here. Just laying around the house all week for the kiddos and and myself as well. So definitely.
1: Man, such good parenting, but it's so good. The mountains, like you say, and I love not getting a bar off the shelf and knowing exactly what goes into it. You know, it's all whole foods, you know, straight, straight from, uh, you know, maybe not, maybe not your garden or maybe it is, but you know, just, just uh, whole foods from the grocery store with nothing added to it. I just think that's great.
0: Yeah, it's it's just kind of added to the level of, you know, being a kind of, I really like being self-sufficient and, and doing it myself. And, you know, along the lines of honey, I've kind of taken that approach and, and it goes with all, uh, you know, all kinds of things. And that's kind of encompassed my diet as well. And I just like to know not just the meat, but everything else that's going into my body at this point. And why not have it be in every single piece from snacks to breakfast to, uh, you know, to the meat that, that we put in there as well. It's, it's, it's all encompassing. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, good for you. So disciplined, your body's burning so clean all the time. You know that's so good for you. Um, so yeah, no kudos to you. I got to get more into making my own bars and making my own dehydrated meals. I gotta, I gotta get better at that and and take a couple recipes and and really go into next season. And like you say, you can always get better, and I can always feel myself better. But um, that's great. I'm gonna take that tip from you for sure.
0: Yeah, and once you do it, Brian, you're gonna be like, man, why wasn't I not doing this before? I could have been enjoying such good meals back in the background so <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna be <laughs> kicking yourself but uh yeah good to hear well yeah man I, I really appreciate you doing this with me today um like i said you're, you're one of the guys i respect the most out there you just got such a long track record of doing this and got so many accomplishments up there on the in the hills and in the mountains and you know solo hunts or, or having a cameraman with you you know you've seen a lot and um you're really excited to kind of hear your thoughts on on these topics so man really appreciate you doing this
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely my pleasure and and same respect for you Ryan and I'm so happy you guys started this podcast and and got it going good and you're getting great information out there to hunters and and, and it's the day and age where we can all collect so much information to make ourselves better but it's just great that that you're on here on this platform and and telling guys how they can improve and get better and and especially about nutrition in, in the backcountry. So so no, thank you a bunch for having me on Ryan and anytime we'll We'll have to do it again down the road.
0: Definitely, yeah. Next time I'm I'm swinging through Ennis, which I, I surprisingly get over there pretty frequently. I'm, I'm gonna have to come by and, like we mentioned, we got to go do a trail run or something. Hopefully, it's not gonna be like twenty below and fifty mile per hour winds like it gets over there, but.
1: Yep. hopefully you time it right with a good day, but it's tough to to time the wind over in this country, but no, I got a bunch of trails and canyons and things and ways to get around it. But yeah, for sure, next time you're around, make sure you look me up and let's get out on the trails and go do a workout and and uh, talk some hunting.
0: Yeah, and again, you know, uh Eastman's Elevated Podcast um that is one of my favorites by far. Um shoot, I was I was listening to you on on some of my hunts. I just <laughs> I always download your podcast and And I'll have those with me and I'll be able to listen to those on either a run or a workout or you just get you've got such good information, um, be it technical information or or tactics and gear. It's it's a great podcast, man. Highly recommended and and really love it. Really enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Thanks a bunch, Ryan. Um, Yeah. It means a lot coming from you from a a really good self-made hunter. So, man, I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Hey, take care, Brian. You too. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey folks, thanks for listening to the Hunt, Harvest, Health podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Any comments, ideas, suggestions, uh, feel free to shoot us an email at lampers at stealthyhunter.com, that's S-T-H, or go to our website at huntharvesthealth.com. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at stealthyhunter or at Doc Hillary. Feel free to message me as well through Instagram as uh, I do really enjoy answering any questions related to gear, hunting, uh, food, or you name it. Tag your photos as well if you'd like at Hunt Harvest Health or Get Stealthy as we'd love to see what you guys are up to. Thanks. See you next time.